game. Blouses. Gallon Chuck. Disaster. I forget it. Disaster. Well, I mean, I'm no doctor. We now join America's most popular show already in progress. Everybody loves Mitch and Sean. You guys are the greatest duo. Fantastic! That team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. I found a beer. Welcome into another edition of the Post Game Pints podcast brought to you by LaBrosse Brewery. And here I have in my hand an angry Galileo. I'll just pull it out from the fridge, Campbell. It's nice. It's cold. It's ready to go. And I'm ready to go on the podcast. And I got the uh, Campbell play-by-play IPA still available at your LaBrosse Brewery. And you should check it, check it out. 133 LaBrosse in Point Claire, LaBrosse.com. I know that I will be making a trip there very, very soon. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I know that things are starting to open up. Spring break has come. Hours are extended. I'm not saying that you can sit down and have, but you can go in, grab what you need. As, uh, you know, these restrictions are slowly being lifted. And, uh, of course, uh, check out their whole, uh, you know, their lab series. They've got some beautiful stuff happening out at LaBrosse. And of course, proud partners and uh, lead sponsor here at the Post Game Pints podcast. Mitch. Yeah, Campbell, I got I got to swing by because I keep seeing their social media. Now I'm stocked up. I'm always stocked. Fridge is always full with LeBron's beers, uh, but uh, I might have stocked the fridge a little too tightly and not left enough room for some of these beers that you're talking about. Like, man, oh man, I see an orange beer. I'm like, that sounds delicious, especially <laughs> with spring and summer coming around, and then a beer and the coconut. <laughs> oh, I, I want to try this, uh, this coconut uh, flavored beer. So yeah, a lot of things going on at LaBrosse and Sean sooner or later, I know we're going to be filming the podcast on location there. Things are going to open up beer, beer. Uh, the tap room is going to be open. We're going to be able to share beers with people. Uh, it's right around the corner. So uh, stay tuned for a lot of stuff uh, coming up with uh, the post game pines podcast and LaBrosse. Uh, by the way, you lost a bet to me. You have to deliver some beer. I only have two beers left, so that's one of the reasons I have to go very soon. And you need to deliver some beers. And don't forget, uh, when we have things open back up, because you lost that bet to me, you have to show up at the Bell Center when everybody's back at the Bell Center, when we're both there, and uh, you got to go with the stash. Yeah, actually, uh, I, I do have to deliver those beers. Unfortunately for you, I've been a bit of a hermit hiding in my basement as of late. Uh, but uh, I, I will definitely come through, deliver the beer, and uh, and wear that mustache proudly. In fact, um, my girlfriend was asking me the other day, she's like, you went to the Bell Center, but you still have your regular uh, scruff and oh, not no, only no, no, mustache. Yeah. And no, I no, said, I need, because we don't see anybody. You need I'm to like, be, you have to see somebody. I'm like, I saw two people and a security guard, so <laughs> uh, it's not, it's not going to be enough to embarrass me. So I'm going to wait till... Uh, uh, the yeah. Bell Center is filled and we can interact with people again. And then I'm going to go full stash. 
Yeah, so it might be the opener next year. I'm not sure, but you did lose that bet, and you're going to have to do it. And, uh, you know, even if it was me that lost, I would have had to grow my hair a little bit long. It's not ready for the man bun, but almost, almost ready for the man bun. Oh, man, I think you might be closer to a man bun than me right now. My hair's it's, a little wet, so you can't tell how long it is, but uh, you can definitely get that up into a bun. Could I? I don't know. I don't know how to do it. Yeah, you need to get somebody to do it for you. Go yeah, full samurai. Sure. How's that? Does it work? Uh, do I do the podcast like this? I it's it's very distracting, but sure. Yeah. I think it looks pretty good. How's it stay? Your hair just must be <laughs> gre- your hair must be greasy, man. Have you washed that thing? Yeah, I shower every now and then. See, I had yeah. to adjust. It. I, it's so high, I had to adjust the camera. Yeah, it's called shampoo, Campbell. What? Never heard of it. No. Yeah. Um, you uh, you have too much hair to use body wash in the hair. Oh, okay. Don't worry. I'm, you know, I could get the, I could get the job done. Uh, look, uh, so I'll keep this and try and distract you just a little bit. Uh, so I, why don't we distract? <laughs> yeah. Why don't Why don't we distract you with a little bit of talk about uh, Carey Price and Stefan Wade and the Montreal Canadiens? Lots of hockey news we want to get to. We got a math class today, a pop quiz coming from Dave Tredewey on the Post Game Pints podcast, Campbell and Gallo. But first. Stefan White uh, Waits fired in a second period and people are up in arms because Carey Price played a good game was and he's been you know with the Canadians since 2013 what's going what's going on what did you read from this whole situation Mitch oh no there's so much going on um and it, it's hard for me to align my thoughts in order and I'm kind of scatterbrained okay, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll fix that for you okay <laughs> I uh, yeah a little bit you, know, you look better with the hat right now that's for sure yeah. No, but people, I, it, people always ask, why do you always wear a hat? That's why. That's why I got, I got you. No, but like, first of all, uh, it, it really shows you the, the media market uh, that Montreal is, that this was as big a story as it became. And it shows you um, the spotlight that is on Carey Price. And there's a spotlight on him for a lot of reasons. He's uh, the goaltender of the Montreal Canadiens, and we know the history of that position in that city. Uh, he's a little bit polarizing because he's kind of aloof. He's introverted. Um, so people tend to misunderstand him at times. And uh, the Canadians need him to play well, and he's the highest paid goalie in the league. So there's a lot of reasons why this is a story. But man, oh man, uh, how things get overblown is quite unique uh, to the Montreal market. There's no question about it. Like, Sean, I, I, I feel like I know the NHL pretty darn well. And I think the best goalie in the league is Andre Vasilevsky right now. And I think you'd probably agree. I mean, the guy hasn't let in a goal in like three weeks, but I have no idea who Andre Vasilevsky's goalie coach is. <laughs> and now there's certain, there's certain guys around the league. You, you know about them. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, uh, you don't really like, I, I go across Canada. I don't know who any of the goalie coaches are, except for the one for the Montreal Canadians. And I know we cover uh, the team uh, very closely. Um, but man, oh man, uh, the, the story, uh, that this became was, was quite, quite something. And, and not that it should be surprising, but I don't really think it's as important as many people are making it sound. Well, well, here's the thing, because Mitch, we've, we've talked about it before. There are people that can't get over how much Carey Price makes and the performance that he gives, you know, it's the same thing. If you have a nine ten save percent, like he's, he's under 900. And, and if he had a 9-10 save percentage, that's not good enough for a guy that's making $10 million. If, if his goals against average was 2.3, which it's not, it, it's not enough for a goalie that makes $10.5 million. So that's, we, we know that. And then there's 
you know, Carey Price has done this and done that. His numbers don't matter because you look at the numbers and the, the high danger chances that he gives up. And, and, and those are the numbers you have to look at. Don't look at the goals against average. Don't look at the save percentage because Carey Price is still one of the best. We, there's a middle here for Carey Price that you have to understand. Right now, he's not good enough. Just straight up. You could be on either side of the argument. He's not good enough. You, you can never argue with the money because he's always going to get paid the money, but we could go back and have the debate of when he got paid that money. There was, there's no real other option for the Canadians. And even right now, there's no option for the Canadians of trading or moving. It's, 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 it's theirs. They're, they're, they're keeping him. So then we get into the conversation of the goalie coach because the goalie coach matters when a, when a star goalie is struggling. And the goalie coach was known when he came in as one of the best goalie coaches, or at least tabled as that. And then he came in and Carey Price soared. And he was able to get through it. But over the eight years, there's been fluctuation in his game. It hasn't been steady. It's been up and down. I will say there are more ups than downs with Carey Price. But is that the coach or is that the player? At the same time, you change the player's coach, he's still going to go out there and perform. Some players don't. But it's, it's like kind of a personal coach and a personal position coach. It's, it's, it's really weird. It's the same thing when you come to star players. You know, you can give Connor McDavid six different coaches he's still going to put a hundred points a season. So yeah, the coach matters, but maybe less so for the star players and for Carey price it, I, it, you know, the coach that he needs is someone that's going to get into his head because I think like what he said, it's all in his head. And, yeah. and, and I think that that's the thing he has to break through. Does a, does a win against the Ottawa senators change that for Carey price? No, I'm going to wait and see. But at the same time, I think that there's a medium, a middle ground here where a player needs to play better. And he's probably not as bad as he's been playing. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you on on most of those fronts, and I, I think this just uh, really outlines um, the expectations for the Canadians this season and the desperation uh, for Mark Bergevin to to keep his job and make sure that this this team trends in the mm-hmm. right direction. So he's pulling out all the stops now. Um, I think he looks at Carey Price and says Carey Price isn't good enough can't do anything with the player right now. What can I do to try to get his game back on track? Well, I'm going to try changing the goalie coach. And uh, this is just another bullet in the chamber. So I think probably a uh, good news uh, for Carey Price that he's going to get a new voice and somebody else uh, chatting with him and looking at his game. I think it, it's, it's going to be very uh, productive. And um, I, I don't know about you, Sean, but uh, I, don't, I, I, find, I, find, I found the timing to be odd for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't really care. And I also don't, it's not, I'm not bothered by the fact that this was done in the intermission of a game. Like I, I know Canadian fans are up in arms about this and why was, why do you get fired? And it's like Mike look, Camilleri look, being look, traded it, during no, 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 a game. It's not, it's, it's not, not even traded. Yeah. But if they fired Luke Richardson, who's behind the bench during yes. the game, that's one thing, but Stefan White doesn't go behind the bench. No. So what difference does it make? Nobody even knew. In fact, had Mark Bergevin not said when he informed him, nobody would even have known uh, that yeah. he was uh, fired during the game. And Mark Bergevin outlined it. He said at that point, uh, Stefan Wade had concluded all his responsibilities. He didn't want him around the team or around the players or have to face the other coaches in the, on the staff when everybody knew he was on his way out. So this is a way of quietly uh, dismissing him from his responsibilities. So I just, uh, I'm not bothered by it like a lot of people were. That's all. Yeah. Just one more thing on Carey Price, just because I know that uh, it's something that bothers you a little bit, and it probably bothers me less, is uh, when it gets to Carey Price's demeanor, because there's been a couple press conferences of late where, you know, you mentioned he's an introvert and he doesn't really say much, and he never has. Let's be honest. 
he never has. But the, the, the one thing, like I know that you, you've spoken about it before, that you, you don't like the way that he speaks or dismisses questions, right? Yeah, well, you know, and, and I'm, not, I'm not as critical as some are about mm-hmm. it. And I actually, over the course of the last two weeks, only had an issue with one of his press conferences. And it was uh, after the game against the, against the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I, I know. I was, I, was, I was on that Zoom and I asked him a question. Yeah, I, I, asked, I, was, I, I asked him a, a question and I, wasn't, I didn't have my hand up yet. And I saw the mood he was in. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't, what? and I was like, you know what? Let me ask a question that's going to give a bit of a longer answer. And he still dismissed it, you know, very abruptly. And I was like, okay, I tried, like, I just tried to get some, not a motion, but maybe a feeling out of him. And, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So uh, that, that's, that's the press conference where I was like, okay, come on, man. Like you're not doing your job right now uh, as far as on the ice. And we're only trying to do our jobs in the media uh, doing press conferences and asking questions. You don't have to make our life miserable because yours is currently miserable. Okay. And I, and I, and I think there's a difference between him being um, short winded and aloof and an introvert and being completely dismissive. And I just mm-hmm. thought, okay, if he's going to act like this, why bring him out in the first place? Because it serves no purpose to anybody. Um, but then, you know, the other press conferences, Sean, uh, after the, uh, the win against Ottawa, you know, I thought he was fine, even though he wasn't uh, all that outspoken. You know, he wasn't dismissive. I liked his demeanor. And then uh, the day that uh, Stefan Waite was um, was fired, or I should say the day after when, when Carey Price spoke, I had no issues with anything mm-hmm. he said. And I know Eric Engels, who has joined us on the uh, podcast in the past, asked him about the fact that um, it, because of his demeanor, and it often appears as if he doesn't care or people feel like he doesn't care. And what does he think of that? And when he says he doesn't care about that anymore, uh, I saw a lot of people were upset by this. And I'm like, you want him to care what people think? Yeah. He's a, he's a professional athlete. If he listened to what everybody was saying about him or thought about him and cared about that, that would be an even bigger issue uh, to, his, uh, to his mental game at this time. So I actually thought that was the right way to answer the question. And uh, everybody got mad because they felt as though he was saying that he doesn't care. No, no, no. Listen to what he was saying. He was saying he doesn't care that you think he doesn't care. He wasn't saying that he doesn't care, right? No, no. I, I, I don't think any – like, I've never doubted his, his caring for, for winning or losing or performing for the Canadians. That is, that's never been there, and I know that's the point that people it's, are trying to make. It's is because everybody wants, everybody wants to see Gallagher. They want to see someone that cares because you can – like, Gallagher's a guy you can see cares and you can see the effort, Right. But if you yes. don't see it visually, then they don't have it. They don't care, right? That's, that's, that's the problem here. Now, just to get back to Carey Price there, because I will tell you, I don't care how he answers or dismissive or how he relates to the media. I, you, I, I care a, l- a lot less than you care. And I, and I understand that press conference that you were talking about where it was not, not caring, but it was dismissive. He just had a bad game and things haven't been going well. But that's where it hurts on him because it's piling on. Because he's not playing well, and then he's not dealing with the media well. And then it's like, well, if he's not playing well, I'm going to attack him for the way that he's uh, uh, dealing with the media. And, and you know what? He probably shouldn't have been like that. He probably should have said, hey, I, I didn't play well. And maybe his answers are short. I need to be better. 
If he just says those words, then people are happy, right? Because they're like, okay, he's confronting. He may not be long and saying, what do you need to do? Well, I worked on making saves. I need to make more saves. Like it could be straight to the point and, 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 and not long answers. But I, I think you were right about being dismissive. And if, if he's dismissive and he's 10 and 0, it doesn't matter. But if he's dismissive and he loses five games in a row, it does matter to more people. And I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but I understand why people are upset. I was like, ooh, like, watch it. I was like, Carrie, that's not the route to go. No. <laughs> like, I was like, no. I was like, I don't care how you are, but that is not the route to go. And uh, I just, I, I, I just, I, I, I knew that you wanted to talk a little bit about his demeanor. I know we kind of got off track here with Kerry Price, but I know it's a big topic around Montreal. And here, he could be dismissive. He could say, I don't care that you care. I know where I stand in my family, with my friends, with my teammates, with my coaches. And I know that I need to be better. Like, he, that's all in his head. I'm not saying he's saying that out loud because he didn't give that answer. People wanted that answer. Oh, I don't like, I don't care that you care. I care about my teammates and what they think. And I care about what my family and my kids and all that. That's, that's what I care about. That They wanted that emotion and, the, you know, but that didn't come. <laughs> so he said, no, I don't care that you care. Yeah, I just want and, to. And, and, then, and then it's just, when you see that, it's called the piling on. It's just another thing to jump on board with him when things aren't going right. But if things are going right, if he won every game and it was like that, people wouldn't care. Yeah, you know, you know me. I hate uh, I hate the piling on, and mm -hmm. it's 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 why I, I tend to want to go uh, to bat for these guys because it always feels like in this city, uh, there's always one guy uh, that gets singled out, and mm -hmm. when Canadian fans turn on them, they they pile on nonstop. And you know, on the team now, it's it's Price and and Droy. And actually, Droy has done a lot of uh, goodwill in in the media lately, so maybe people are uh, laying off a little bit. Well, I got a I got a math class a little later on here. That's yeah. that's because it's going to get to somebody who's starting to get the pile on less Drouin and more this guy. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. A couple other topics, Sean, that I want to get to quickly. Um, I mentioned Andre Vasilevsky before. Uh, we are in agreement that he is the best goalie in the NHL right now. I have no problem saying that. Okay, zero problem, cool. zero. All issue. right, so we're on the same page. So the question is, right now, who is number two? Number two. Behind yeah. uh, Andre Vasilevsky? Yes. My favorite goalie in the league. Marc-Andre Fleury. He's, you're asking now? He's performing now. He's Yes, he's on a good team. This guy got beat up, got thrown to the side, put into every trade rumor, and you know had to deal with his agent stabbing coaches in the back. And, yeah. and look, what does he do? The next year coming out of that, do, 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 save, save, shut out, save, best team in the league, one of the best goalies, Marc-Andre Fleury. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Plus, he's got the pedigree of a Stanley Cup champion. So you've got the Stanley Cup champion on a good team, performing at an elite level. Uh, to me, number two in the league is Marc-Andre Fleury. And I have no problem saying Vasilevsky is number one. Uh, I, I could give you another list of names that have kind of had roller coaster rides, but I don't think there's another goal that you can get the pedigree of being the winner and the champion that he is and performance right now. Mark Andre Fleury is my answer. Yeah, I think Mark Andre Fleury is uh, is the correct answer. Um, I would also go with him as number two, and then you know, and and I'd, I'd put like another tier uh, after Mark Andre Fleury and Andre Vasilevsky. I think you know you you mentioned um, Mark Andre Fleury playing on a great team. 
Mm-hmm. I think ta- talent-wise, if you were to put John Gibson on the Vegas Golden Knights, his numbers would be through the roof, and we'd probably be talking yeah. about him as a potential Vesna Trophy winner. I think the oh, talent's there's, there. He just there's so many goalies support. that are on bad teams right now that are good goalies. Yeah, and I, th- I think he's right at the top of the list. Like yeah. I think he is so, so talented. Uh, you know, Groovauer's having a great season, Sean. I know people, since he started as a backup in Washington, uh, don't give him uh, mm-hmm. his just due. And I know he's also on a very, very, very good team. Uh, but Grubauer's numbers are pretty good right now. Uh, Markstrom, he's kind of been up and down. Calgary's had a tough season, and he's been hurt. And uh, Connor Hellebuck, again, uh, bails out the Winnipeg Jets on most nights. So, you know, I'd say that next tier is, uh, is Grubauer, uh, Hellebuck, and Gibson. But, you know, well ahead of the pack is Marc-Andre Fleury and Andre Vasilevsky, like we mentioned. Can I, can, I, can I put someone else in that next group that you have? Sure. And you could 100% disagree with me. Okay. Jake Allen. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. You're, I you're asking see, right uh, now. You're asking yeah, right now. Well, statistically, uh, he's right there with those guys. I want to see a little bit more um, because he hasn't really been relied on to play that many games the last couple of years. And uh, he was slotted as the backup in Montreal. But statistically, he's playing very, very well. There's no question about it. Two, two of his losses, the Canadians got shut out it. I know. I you know, know. Just like his, and, just and, his and, win-loss and, record, his goals against average, his save percentage. And, and, and you're right. The starts aren't there with the guys that we should be talking about. Maybe they should or not. We get back in the Carey Price conversation. And I'm not saying he's in that group. But if you were asking now and yeah. what I've seen, I've been very impressed with him. Well, even you say uh, two of the losses, the Canadians were shut out. Uh, even one of the other losses, uh, the one to Ottawa, uh, they lose that game in overtime. And I think he stopped like five mm-hmm. breakaways in the third period in overtime combined. So, um, yeah, some of the games where he's lost, uh, it hasn't been his fault uh, whatsoever. There's no question. All right. Uh, let's get one more on the rapid fire here. I, I got to talk about Patrick Kane. Yeah. Patrick Kane scoring 400 goals. Uh, is is he the best American-born player? He, he, you know, uh, you, you must be fired up today, Sean. You get to talk about Marc-Andre Fleury. You get to talk about Patrick Kane. Like, we're talking about your, your two of your favorite guys in the last 10 years. Oh, man, I, think, I love just the goal that he scored, Yeah, you, you know, for his 400th. And the other thing, just for Patrick Kane, Chicago was thrown, like into the bottom of the barrel this year because Jonathan Taze was gone and they're going through the, the tough time with their cap and even Kirby Doc couldn't start the season. And, and, and just what were they going to Patrick Kane is I, I know here in the North it's Matthews, Dreisaitl, McDavid. And yeah, they're going to be in there on the heart, but Patrick Kane and what he means to that Chicago team. And if they make the playoffs, I, I don't know how he's not in the in the final three for for the heart. Well, if you don't have him in the final three for the heart right now, you're just simply not paying attention, especially so by the good. definition of the rule. I mean, he's carrying that team on his back. Uh, Lankinen has uh, has played well in goal, and you know there mm-hmm. was question marks since uh, they didn't bring back Corey Crawford and they had traded Robin Lander. He didn't know what they were going to get uh, between the pipes. Uh, Lankinen's been uh, pretty solid for them, Sean. Uh, but other than that, you know, you don't have Jonathan Taves this year. Duncan Keith isn't the same player that he once was. A bunch of really young players are being broken into. I mean, they didn't even get Kirby Doc because of the injury suffered at the World Junior Championship. Chicago, uh, that story is Patrick Kane. He's playing unbelievably well. As far as um, the top American of all time, 
I think uh, I think you have to put him. I think you have to put him at the top of the list. I think he is the greatest American of all time, and he still is playing at a very high level and still has uh, more time, Sean, to uh, to pad the stats a little bit. If you look at the top players of all time, you know Brett Hall. We could debate whether he's American or not. I guess he qualifies. Uh, he is the best he goal scorer. He's the best yeah. goal scorer of all time uh, right now, um, uh, as far as American-born uh, players. But I think Patrick Kane's game is uh, is way more complete. You know, Mike Medano um, would be That's a guy that we don't. That he'd be a guy we'd we'd, we'd speak about, and obviously he was the face of a franchise uh, for a long time, and a face of a franchise that. You know, who knows what the Dallas Stars would be uh, if he wasn't there when they moved from Minnesota and eventually, you know, win the Stanley Cup in 1999 with a really good supporting cast. You know, Pat LaFontaine is another guy that uh, comes to mind, but he had all those concussions and injuries. So uh, the stats aren't as good as maybe what they could have been. But I think if you take all those American players that we're talking about and even, you know, you could send us other players uh, like Chris Chelios uh, that are American born and had a huge impact. I think if you look at Patrick Kane, he is the greatest American ever. I do think in 10 to 15 years, we could very well be talking about the mantle being passed to Austin Matthews in that regard. Uh, but right now, 400 goals, Stanley Cup, scoring titles, MVPs, uh, it, the guy's Patrick Kane. Yeah, look, I, I hate comparing guys that are currently in their careers to guys that are done. When you're talking about best of, I used to, we used to have that debate with the goalies all the time. Where do they stand? I'm like, well, let their career finish and see where they stand. Because if they start picking up awards in, the, in, the, in their mid thirties and late thirties, that, that's, that's a difference maker to sure. where you stand because you're, you're, you're performing at an elite level instead of dwindling down. And, and, and you're right. All the names you brought up were all the names I had on my list and shout out to Simon Salikas. When you mentioned Chris Chelios, I think even in goal, you could, you could make an argument for, for what Mike Richter has done not only for the U S but think, think about it at the international level at the, at world cups and the, and the way that he's performed. Uh, if you want to throw in a goalie and a defenseman, like you said, Chelios Lafontaine is a tough one to beat, but you, like you said, the game's played is a factor. So that's why I, I want to see how Kane's career continues. And then I think like if, I still have to hold it on to Mandano until Kane's career is done. And I'm the biggest Patrick Kane's fan, uh, Kane fan in the world. And you know that. And I think that he is the best, but I'm not going to call him the best until his career is over. I, I can't do it. So yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Mandano. I'm going to give it to Mandano. I'll, I'll do it. I'll say it's Patrick. Kane. <laughs> no, you almost said it was uh, uh, Austin Matthews. So in 10, 15 years, man, I think it's very possible. All right. You want to do a quick math class before we have a pop Yeah. Quiz? Yeah. What are you going to teach me today? Okay. I want to talk a little bit about Philip Deneau. All right. And I know everybody talks about how he hasn't scored a goal, at least at this time. He hasn't scored a goal yet. And it's been 21 games and he's gotten scoreless this year. But then it's kind of a way that you can make the numbers work in your favor because you said everybody needs a whooping boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. You just need to figure out okay let's let's find somebody and whip them in the shape so everybody likes to make a point that philip Deneau hasn't scored this year that's fine but they really want to make their point what do they say philip Deneau hasn't scored in over a year because the last goal he scored was february 29 2020 yes and no if you look at the numbers he actually scored this year it was in the playoffs he scored in game five of the philadelphia series so if you flash back that's only 22 games he hasn't gone without a goal. And of course, that's not a good number, but it's a whole lot better than saying he hasn't scored in a year. 
Yeah, he hasn't scored in a year worth of regular season games. Yeah, but even a year's worth of regular season games is only 25, Mitch, because that February 29th game was only five games remaining in the regular season. Okay, so I'm just saying, whatever you want to do on the numbers, you can do it that way. So you can use stats to make your point. And that's my point here with the math class, because I can also tell you, well, if I take out the playoffs, okay, he hasn't scored. But if you take that game, there's games before that he hasn't scored. So he hasn't, he only has one goal in his last 44 games. One goal in his last regular 44 regular season games. So it depends what you say. But then if I look at those regular season games, Mitch, and I know that he's not a goal scorer per se, he has 23 points in those 44 games. You want to prorate that to a regular season? That's a 43-point season for Philip to know. And he's a guy that gets 47, 50 points over the last two years. It's a little under than what he's been doing, but it's not like he's walking out of those last 44 games with 10 points or 12 points. He's still performing point-wise over the last 44 regular season games, just under his regular base. He has only scored once. I get that. But I'm not even saying no goals in 21 games is a good thing this year. It's not. He's a four that played 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 minutes a night. He's got a pot of gold. But I'm just saying, when you're trying to make a point, I will say there, and if I'm a Philip Deneau hater, he hasn't scored in the regular season in over a year. Sounds a lot worse than he hasn't scored in the last 22 games. Because it's actually been 22 games. And I know that's a long time for some forwards. I get it. And I know that he wants to score. And he's had opportunities. I think about that overtime that he flubbed uh, just off his stick on the three-on-three when he had an opportunity to bury it. And he was exhausted at the end of a shift on that breakaway. And he couldn't even get a shot off. That is a guy that's thinking too much because he hasn't scored. Uh But just let's be careful when we go to the numbers of Philip Deneau not scoring. It's not always what it seems. Sean, um, Philip Deneau should hire you to be his agent. Yeah, well, look, I don't, I don't think I could get him any more money than he was offered already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying the numbers and, and, and being here in math class, no, you and this make people them seem the way you want. Look, I made it look to you that he's actually kind of on the same pace, right? Yeah. When I well, this is, Sean, this is what people do in arbitration cases, yes. and this is what they do in contract negotiations. And, you know, if the team is in an arbitration case looking to get the player to make less money, they'll present the stat that you originally said with the uh, no goals in a year. And then the agent will come back with the counter arguments that you just did. So I think, you know, it's it's well said that you can use stats in a certain way to frame almost any point you're trying to make. He still has to score, though. He has to score. There's no question. He's got to score. I'm not, I'm not telling him that he's okay and it's fine. No, 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 no. He needs to score for the minutes that he's playing. Yeah. But I'm just saying it's not as bad as some people make it. Right. I got you. You ready for a pop quiz? Yeah, you got something for me today. Do I? I don't think I have anything. No, so what are we going to do? I don't know. What are we going to do? Dave! Hello, friends. Hello, Mr. Dave. Oh, look, nice hat. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Put off the knuckles. There you go. Yeah. I get. I, I like my hat too. <laughs> yeah, your hair is wild. Your hair is yeah. a, a little wild. I like it. How yeah, long put that, to go? Put that. How's, back how's on. the, how's the comb over? Put the hat back on. Okay, I'll comb over the other way. <laughs> Ridiculous. That is, uh, that's too much hair. All right, let's go.
All right, all right. So uh, yeah, so I got uh, I got a cop, uh, pop quiz for you. Um, I want to know the um, well. I guess Campbell's gonna have a bit more. Uh, it's it's a little bit more tilted in the in the way of Sean Campbell, but uh, uh, it's, it's, it's we're flashing back to the eighties, Gallo. <laughs> yeah, you old man. Uh, top ten most points in Laval Rocket history. Top ten most points in Laval Rocket history. It's not a long history. It's only three years or four years, I guess now. Laval Rocket history top ten. Oh, oh top ten. Okay. All right. I, I'll let you go first, Mitch, because I I don't know. I don't know. I'll see how I do. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not sure. Yeah, go ahead. You, All right. you go first. I'll go with uh, Charles Udon. He is not on the list. No. He only played a part of last year. Uh, I, I'm going to go with... Um, How many Mike years McCarran. have they been there? Uh, this is two and a half now. Yeah, so... Yeah. I'm going to go McCarron. Yes, McCarron number five on the list with 59 points. All right. McCarron. Look at that, Campbell. You nailed it right off the hop here. <laughs> well, I got number five. I still got to figure out who number one is. <laughs> you know? uh, I will go with... Nikita Sherbeck. No, he does not make the list. I uh, will go uh, uh, Daniel Audet. Yes, number four on the list with 68 points. Okay, that's twice Daniel Audet's come up in like three weeks on the podcast, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's, that, that's way too much. That's good. Um, Ryan Paling. Ryan Paling has not made it there yet. No. I got to go uh, Jake Evans. Jake Evans, number one on the list. Oh. 80, 83 points. Cabo has a three nothing lead here. Yeah. I just got to think of guys that have been there a long time. Like yeah. they did at least, if they did two seasons, then they're probably on the list. Probably. That's, yeah. that's all I'm trying to think of. I think you should probably get most of them. Maybe there's about like three that I think you won't get. What about uh, Jordan Wheel? Jordan Wheel's not there yet. No. He's got like six points total. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes, these, sometimes these lists that you have, Campbell, so those six pointers make it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna go. Uh, man, I don't know if he's gonna make it though. Did he play enough? Give me Xavier Willette. Yes, he's there. Number fifty-four. He's number seven on the list. Number seven. So, All right. um, so I got a four-nothing lead. Yeah, and also you got. I didn't know we were competing. I thought we were doing this together. <laughs> Okay, we're doing it together. I have four. You have none. <laughs> <laughs> not that we're keeping score. Yeah, yeah, of course not. So I had made this pop quiz uh, about a few weeks ago, and somebody recently has jumped over and entered okay. this list. Okay, so, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure I know who who's in there. About uh, I, what about Dale Weiss? Dale Weiss is not on this list. No. Yeah. Uh, would that the guy that entered Vedamo? Yes, exactly. He jumped up to number six on the list. Fifty-four points. The Dejmo. The Dejmo. Yes. Vedamo. What's um, but his nickname? But his nickname is Veggie. What? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm drawing a blank count. Who's uh, who's the Ford that played on the Habs fourth line in the bubble and got hurt? Belzil. Yeah. What about Ma Michael Matthew? Alex. 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 Yeah. Alex Belzil. He is. He's got to be the number three on the list. Yes, yeah. I got one. Can't <laughs> He was my next one. I was gonna say. Uh, Belzil. So, so, okay. So there's number three. I got to think of number two. Uh, number two. Number two is someone who played for a long time. You, yeah. you would for sure know him. Uh, he, he, one of those guys who's amazing in the AHL, but you know, 
not great. Um, at all in the NHL. Well, yeah, he, he was a he was a tweener, right? Not even. He was like like AHL for for like you know. He's one of those guys who's gonna stick in the AHL. And when the Laval Rockets first season, he got a lot of points. Um, two first names, kind of. <laughs> uh, did he come from Calgary? I think so. I'm not sure to be honest. Did he come from Calgary? Uh, oh, what's his name? He was a stocky forward that knew how to score. Uh, so he's number two, eh? He's number two, yeah. Mm, I'm trying to think. The other three are going to be hard to get. I'm not going to lie. What about uh, listen? Wasn't there an Italian kid always getting points? Was it Penzetta? Penzetta? No, he doesn't have enough points. No, he's no. A, he's kind of fourth line. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, There's a good what about, left. What, what about, about uh, what about that defenseman? Um, Matt uh, Tarmina. Yes, he's number eight on the list. Okay. Yo, that guy was amazing when I saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tarmina. So, so what? We've gotten uh, seven of them. Yeah. So you, you're missing two eight, two nine, ten. Two nine and ten. Okay. Ten is nine like ten. Ten two is, is that... I don't think you'll get number ten. Nine is a guy with uh, you know French name. Was uh, also... was was Chapu there for a while? No, Chapu's not there enough. I'm trying to think that guy up front. I, two first names. I think he played for Calgary. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. He's, uh, I feel like he was traded for like Rene Bork or something. <laughs> he's now, uh, let's see, what's he doing? Oh, now he's in the KHL. Hmm. Oh boy. All right. Well, yeah. no, but that might help me. That might help <laughs> me getting into the KHL. I, I got my dra- I, I, drafted by the Hurricanes. Drafted by the Hurricanes. Oh, first rounder, second rounder? Uh, no, 132nd overall. I'm. I remember this guy. What was his freaking name? Two first names. He was assistant captain with the Rocket for a while. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> you know who who's on my mind, Gallo? Yeah. It's from the Montreal Juniors. Not him, but from the Montreal Juniors, Luke Adam. Remember Luke Adam from the Juniors? Yeah, he was a Buffalo pick. Okay, so yeah. ten number ten is named Adam, and he has a lot. Oh, Adam Cracknell. Yes. Okay. Adam Cracknell. Yeah, sorry. Cracknell came short period and he ripped it. He ripped it. Yeah, 48 points. 48 points. So yeah. now have to play for that. He played for the Habs. Yeah. He played yeah. a game, I think. Number two, number nine, both have first names. Like both names are first names for both of these guys. And uh one John Scott. Them, no, no. What about uh what about um are they both forwards? Uh I believe so, yes. You have to check for the other guy, yeah? Yeah, I have to check for the other guy. I don't uh, trying to think. Second, number two. I'm trying to think of that guy that's from Calgary, uh, from Carolina. So two and nine. We've gotten most of them. But he had to. He did really good. We're less than a minute away, though. So okay. I'll give you the number nine. I give okay. up. His name, he's, he's a forward, Alexandre Alain. Oh, yeah, Alex Alain. He uh, retired to go back to school. Right. Yeah, really? he played he? a while. Huh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. He played. Uh, he played for Joel Bouchard in junior. Yeah. And number, Who's two, number two, number two, seventy-one points. Chris Terry, remember him? Chris Terry. Yeah, he also yeah. played for the Habs. Yeah, that's exactly. not who I was he thinking of. Very brief, Sorry. though. But yeah. All right, that's it for us. Uh, shout out LeBras. Shout out Wolfpacks.ca. Woof woof. woof, woof, woof. Love your your dog stuff. I know. And uh, make sure you check out our Instagram and Facebook uh, for your chance to win uh, prize packs. 
and that includes wings from Cunningham's Pubs uh, on Facebook and on Instagram. Check it out. Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. Awesome! No, no, no.